that's working. All right. Praise the Lord. Can the church say amen? It's a good place to be today. Uh, God has blessed us with so much uh, and continues to bless us. Uh, I love John saying, uh, he got me to saying this, and I say it all the time, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. Amen? Do you say that? Say that with me. I'm blessed and highly favored. Well, I tell you, and that's the truth. And when we begin to understand the truth, the truth sets us free, and we can begin to do what God wants us to do. Uh, the, the spirit here is freeing to me. I'm going to get this thing on right first before I take off. Because I could free to worship, amen? And I feel free, and I, I love to worship. I could do this for hours. I could worship the Lord in song and praise. And, you know, David did it. He wrote, he wrote a bunch of psalms, a bunch of hymns about serving the Lord and, and the power of the Lord. And, and um, you know, it, we're in, the, in this time of this, this big epidemic, whatever you want to call it, pandemic, because it's all over the world. Uh, all these crises going on, all these floods taking place. And, and all these things happening, and yet we still know we're okay. Amen. Oh, you might have uh, noticed my shirt by now. Have you noticed my shirt? I put this thing on this morning, and I said, how can you not feel good wearing this shirt? I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm like, man, that shirt just pops. You know what I'm saying? I told Kim, I think I'm going to go buy me some of these. I used to have some, amen. But I'm wearing this in honor of Ronald today. Uh, Kind of, we remember him and uh, that his ministry he had here and the way he loved this church and, and loved to serve. Uh, he's an inspiration, you know. Uh, we all need to be like him in our service to God and, and what we do. So I, I told uh, Kathy that I was going to wear this today and I might give it back to her and I might not. So you pray for me. I might need prayers if I don't give it back to her because that's stealing. So, but... Uh, you know, we, we talk a little bit, and I'm going to keep emphasizing this uh, fear, false evidence appearing real. Remember? False evidence appearing real. The title of my sermon today is a, a Faith That Anchors Me in Storms. A Faith That Anchors Me in Storms. And I want to read the scripture, and then I'm going to go back and preach a little bit through it. And I uh, want you to pray for me today, man. Uh, you know I, I, what I've found is God always lines up everything. You know what I'm saying? He lines up the music. He lines up the, the teaching. He lines it all up. And if we're faithful to be in line with God, we don't have to get together. You probably think that we got together and planned this whole service by the way it ran, but we don't. Uh, we let God plan it. And when we let God plan it, we're in line with God. God, God does what he does. And, and it just kind of gives me a confirmation too because sometimes I wonder, God, you sure you want me to preach this? Or sometimes in the middle of the week, I'll change it because I just don't feel right. You know, God speaks to me, and I know he speaks to you too. A faith that anchors me in storms, James 1, 13 through 27. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when... Desires has conceded, conceded it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, 
with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. So then, my beloved brothers and sisters, let every person be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflowing of wickedness, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a person observing their face, natural face in a mirror. For they observe themselves and go away and immediately forget what they look like. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of work, this one will be blessed in what they do. If anyone among you thinks they're religious and do not bridle their tongue but deceive their own hearts, this one religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Amen. May the Lord add the blessing to the word today. You know, uh, James, I, I love James. I don't know how many of you love James, but I love James because James is, is giving us things that we need to apply to our life as Christians, that we need to do every day. And and uh, we need to be anchored, amen? I titled this, A Faith That Anchors Me in a Storm. And, and, you know, during this storm that's raging, and there's a storm raging, don't you think there's not? All you got to do is, is look out into the world and see all the things that are taking place, and, and wow, we're in a storm. And, but, you know, the good thing about it is God's with us if we're anchored. We got to be anchored. And, and that's one of the most important things, so... You, you know, in these storms, there's different kinds of storms in our lifetime. You know, we got a major storm with the coronavirus, but we also have physical, financial storms. We have health storms, relational storms, instability in our life that kind of messes with us. But if you don't walk in the will of the Lord, if you're not where you need to be, it really messes with your head. And so today we want to look at these things and we want to begin to understand that God can get us through these things. God can take the unstable things and make them stable. So how do you anchor yourself in these storms that we're in today? How do you anchor yourself in the will of God? Uh, everybody knows what an anchor is, right? You, you know, you, uh, an anchor you can use for a boat. You've got them crazy mountain climbers. Have you ever seen any of them guys? hanging off a, a, a cliff on a rope with a little carabiner beat into the concrete or the stone. Those are some crazy people right there. I would never anchor myself on one of them little things and expect it to hold me. But, you know, we have all these anchors. But we know as Christians the greatest anchor of all is Jesus Christ. It's the Word of God. Church, if you don't have a Bible and you don't have it worn out, you're missing out. James goes through here and he tells us all these important things, how to, 
how to be stable in, in these uncertain times and how to walk through the storms. Uh, Jesus said it too in, uh, at the end of the Sermon on the Mountain. I got this one. And I'm going to have to turn around. I want to read this before I go into James. Jesus said, everyone who pays attention to my word and puts it into practice is like a wise person who built his house on a solid rock foundation. Then a storm rose and a rain poured down and the floodwaters rose and a storm wind beat hard against that house, yet it did not collapse. Nothing moved it because it was anchored to the rock. But everyone who hears my word and does not practice it is like a foolish person who built his house on sand. And when the storm hit and the rain poured down and the floodwaters rose and the wind blew against that house, it completely collapsed with a huge crash. Church, I'm going to tell you something today. We are not anchored on that rock. If we're not stable on that rock, things are going to come falling down. Amen. Uh, a lot of times when we're in, we're in a good situation and everything's going good and we got our money and we got all the toys we want and all this stuff and we think we're, we're going along real good and all of a sudden there comes a crash. And you know why that is? It's because we're not anchored on the Word of God. We're anchored on all this stuff in the world. And we need to be anchored on the Word of God. And this is what James says too. It's so important that we're anchored on the Word of God. The way we live our life. It's either on the rock or on the sand. And if you're in the sand, you're all over the place. It's sinking all the time. You're, you're, you're going all over the place. I'm a carpenter. Uh, I've worked as a carpenter by trade for several years. And, and I learned right away as a carpenter, you've got to start your foundation out right. Amen? If that foundation isn't right, boy, when you get to the top, you're going to have some major problems. But when we start out the foundation right, everything else works. God's our foundation. The Word of God is, is very important. You know, today in life, right now, there are three kinds of forces that are beating on you. They're trying to tear up your life, your relationships, tear them apart. The first storm is culture we live in. That's the first storm. The culture that we live in is trying to change what we believe. They're trying to change how we feel and what we do. They're trying to make us do things that is against God. Second thing is a change that we live with. What are you living with? The changes. All kinds of changes, man. Anybody, you ever hear anybody say, man, I'd sure like to go back to the 50s. I like to go back when we played in the woods and rode on horses and we had no cares in the world. And nobody ever says they want to go back to the 60s because we know what happened in the 60s. But the third one is the crisis that we live through. The crisis that we live through. Right now, we're, we're living through something that's catastrophic, really. It's a major pandemic, and now it's coming back around for the second time, so they say. And it's really serious. There are people dying, yes. We understand that. There's been people dying all through the ages, amen. And, and they'll continue to die, and we'll continue to have these pandemics, and things will continue to happen but the only way we can make it through the storm of life is if we're anchored. If we're anchored. So James, well, I'm going to do Hebrews first. Hebrews 6.19 says, if we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, it is sure and it is strong. I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about this hope. When we have this hope, 
It's sure and it's strong. What is this hope? It's God, isn't it? We're anchored on God and we're anchored on God's word. And we know God's word is the truth. And the truth will set us free. And it's an eternal truth. It was true 10,000 years ago. It'll be true 10,000 years on down the road. It's the truth and the truth sets us free. It don't matter what kind of crisis you're going through. As long as we know the Word of God, or the, the, we have ourselves anchored our life on the Word of God, things are going to be all right. You're going to make it if we completely rely on God. Do you rely on God? Do you really rely on God or do you wait until something happens and then you try to rely on God? Very important to start out right at the beginning. Just like your foundation, you start out right. Psalms 119.81 says, God, my soul is weak from waiting for you to save me. But my hope is based on your word. My hope is based on your word. Now church, I'm going to tell you something today. This word is powerful, amen? This word is powerful. It does cut as a two-edged sword. It's serious, but it's also a blessing. I'm blessed and highly favored. You know how I know that? Because it says that. There's over 7,000 blessings in the Bible for us, promises for us, if we know them. Do you know them? I don't know them all. But, buddy, I'm studying them. I'm trying to figure them all out because I know God's got a plan. When we start out with this hope, and this hope is in the Word of God, we're going to be all right. All this trouble going on around here, it don't mean nothing. All this trouble that's attacked me in my life, it doesn't mean nothing. All that it really means one day is that I have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And, you know, when I went, before I went to, when I went to see Ronald and, and we, we went to his house, you know what? There was no fear. He had no fear. And we were talking and there was no fear there. It's because he knew. Either way, he knew. And, and you know, so many people are scared to death today. So many people are so afraid today. And you know what that is? It's because their life is not anchored on the Word of God. Now, when we move to James... James wants to begin to show us these steps, these five anchors to our life in storms and crisis. And they're going to blow over. Trust me when I tell you, they're going to blow over. The first step when we're anchored is treat God's word as a precious gift to me. You understand that God wrote the word of, had the word of God written, infallible truth for us, for you and me especially. This is a special gift just for you. It's a gift that God promises that if we begin to walk in this word and use this word and we treat it like God's word, it becomes personal. Man, I've got all kinds of Bibles, and if you pick my Bibles up and you begin to look through them, you'll see all kinds of writing, you'll see all kinds of underlining, you'll see things in there because I want to remember them promises. I want to be able to go back when there's somebody struggling and I want to be able to tell them the promise. I want them to know that God has got a special place for us in his life, for my family and my family's family. You see, we can bring curses of generational curses on our children and on our grandchildren and on our great-grandchildren. We got to stand at some point and say, from this day on, I'm breaking that generational curse. 
That's what I did one day, and that's what I prayed for my children and my grandchildren. That general curse, that curse has no power in my life, that generational curse. Church, we need to get serious about God's word. James adds to Isaiah as he says, Isaiah says, 59, 21 says, The Lord says, My people, I promise to give you my spirit and my word. These will be my gift to you and your family forever. Oh, I love that word. I love the word everything. I love the word all. And I love the word forever. This is a gift that he's given us. This is also the thing, same thing that James is talking about. God never changes. God never changes. God never changes. And man, when we begin to understand that and we begin to walk in the will of God, we begin to understand what is the most important creation that was created. Do you know? You. Me. We are the ones that were created. We're the most important. We're the ones that God wrote the book for, had the book wrote, whatever, however you want to look at that. But we're the ones. We're the most important creation. He gives us this good gift. And we need to begin to walk in it. It's a good gift. So James 1, 17 and 18 says this. Every good gift and every perfect present comes from God, our Father above, who created all the lights in the heavens. But unlike those lights that created shifting shadows, God never changes. God chose to give us life by giving us his word of truth so that we could be the most important creation. Say that. I'm the most important. I dare you. Say that. I'm the most important. I'm the most important. God wants us to know that this is a special gift and it's beneficial for you. Church, this is it. The word of God. Do you have your Bibles with you today? I'm not going to beat on you. You should have. Everybody's got phones now. I read my phone at work before we start work. I go in and read, my, read, read what I'm reading in different books. And then I read the daily devotional. You know, they got a little scripture for the daily devotional. But it's important. You know, five things that he says about God's word. The first thing is God's word's good. Amen? God's word's good. It's good for you. It's like food. You know what I'm saying? When you begin to eat food... Oh, man, I tell you, I, I'm a food connoisseur, you know what I'm saying? I like food. I tell you, there's not much that, that I won't eat if it won't eat me. You know what I'm saying? I, I like food. But, you know, when we get into the Word and we begin to understand the Word, it stops being the milk and starts being the meat. It starts being who you are and how you walk in your daily life. And the problem with a lot of people today that claim to be Christians, they don't have a clue what this Word says. They're trusting on me or another preacher or somebody else to explain to them and to tell them that, and then they go off and do their own thing. You see, you've got to get in the Word, and you've got to read it. You've got to begin to understand. I'm telling you, this Word is beneficial to you if you just do that. Second thing is God's Word is perfect. You hear what I'm saying? I don't care. You want to get into any controversy there is. If it's in the Word of God, it's the Word of God. If it's not in there, don't put it in there. I had a professor tell me one time, if it's not in there, don't put it there. You know how people like to take scriptures from this place and take them over in that place and take them from here and put them over there? He always said, don't do that. That scripture was meant to be where it's at. 
That's where it needs to be. It's perfect. It's infallible. It's exactly what we need. Exactly what we need. You struggling today? Get your Bible out and read it. I'll never forget when I first got saved and I struggled. I get my Bible and I say, God, I'm not going to stop reading my Bible until you answer my, what I need. And I get my Bible and I would begin to read. And I'd begin to read and finally God would speak to me in the Word. I said, okay, Lord, that, that's it. You know, for me, it's kind of black and white. I believe the Word of God. I believe what's in here. You know, when I begin to go to a seminary and I begin to go to all these places that begin to teach all this other stuff too. And they will teach you all kinds of stuff. They stretch you is what they do. I got this one book called Spectrums, and you can read it if you want to, but it'll take a controversy in the church, and it'll put Scripture on one side of that controversy, and then it'll turn around and put Scripture on the other side of it. Now what do you do? you got to figure it out. you got to know that you know within your heart what you know, that I'm saved, blood-bought, born again. And when I'm saved and blood-bought, born again, I had the Spirit and the Word in my life. And God said it was good. And when it's good, man, the things that begin to change in our life, the things that begin to happen, the truth begins to come out and the truth set me free. And when I begin to walk in the truth, I begin to understand, man, I'm pretty messed up. There's a lot of things in my life I need to get right. And I'm still working on them. But a lot of people think, oh, man, if I, I got to come to church, if I got to go to church, I got to be perfect and I got to do this and I got to do that. No, you don't. Lord says, just come the way you are. I'll begin to take care of your habits. I'll begin to take care of the things that need to be taken care of. We can count on God's word because it's unchanging. It's unchanging. God's word is true. Man, God's word is so true in our lives. I thank God every single day that he corrects me and keeps me directed on where I'm going and what I'm doing. God's word's unchanging. Just said that. It, it doesn't change. Now, you can get all these different Bibles, and there's a bunch of different Bibles out there, and it's okay if you know the word of God. But be careful. You've got to be strong in what you know and what you believe. You understand what I'm saying? Some of them make it a little easier to understand. And, and you'll see sometimes I put up different scriptures here, but you need to know the word for yourself. You need to get in it and know that it doesn't change. This word doesn't change. People out there in, in churches all over the world are trying to change the word of God and begin to do what they want to do. They want to be, begin to do what the culture says is okay for them to do. When we know the word of God speaks against it. If the word of God speaks against something, then we shouldn't be doing it. And when we do do it, then we begin to struggle and we wonder why we're struggling. I just can't understand why things are breaking down on me. Why things are going the way they are. God's word is life-giving. Life-giving. I'm going to tell you something. I was walking around for 18 years like a zombie. I thought I was doing good, but I was dead inside. I was truly dying dead inside because of my sin and because of the way I was living my life. And when I accepted Jesus Christ on that construction job, my life changed forever. It changed forever. And when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, our lives will change forever. See, we got to realize, we got to realize, that's a good word, realize, 
who God is. And that we are created by God. We're created to have this ability to love God and for God to love us. I tell people all the time, God is not mad at you. God is madly in love with you. God loves you and I do too. Everything, when I do my devotions on, on, on the internet, I'll say God loves you and I do too. I mean that. You see, we can't save, get people to accept Jesus Christ and be saved until they really true the, feel, the, the real feeling and the power of love of, of God, of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for our sins, and that because of that, we can be saved. We can be forgiven. Not the, nothing that you can work for. You can't work hard enough to go to heaven. I don't care if you're a multi-millionaire. You can't give enough money to get yourself in heaven. The only thing you need to do is ask for forgiveness. And you're forgiven. You know, for 18 years I kept saying, God, I, I just can't understand how you can forgive me for the things I've done. But he did. And he will. Romans... That baby's all right now. You can let that baby down. It won't bother me a bit. I promise you, and it won't bother these people in here. They'll pick, her, pick him up and play with him. He'll be fine, trust me. There's never been a baby yet that out-preached me. Now, there's been some close ones. Been some close ones. Romans 15, 4 says, Everything written in the past was written to teach us. The Scriptures give us endurance encouragement and so that we can have what hope man if we don't need anything in the world today we need hope I mean the world needs hope I got hope amen I know without a doubt that I know it doesn't matter if I die today or if I die tomorrow I'm going to heaven I'm ready to go you know what bothers me though is when I hear people say oh I wish the Lord just come on back and get us I wish the Lord just come back today I don't I don't want the Lord to come back right now. I think half those people are scared to go through, through the tribulation. Amen. I don't know when the tribulation is going to come or I don't know any of that mess. All I know is that if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. If we quit worrying about when the Lord's coming back and start worrying about how to get people saved, we'd have all kind of people in church. But we're so busy thinking theologically about, well, I think it's coming back before, and I think it's coming back after, and I don't know when he's coming back, but I'm scared to death. You know, it's all this stuff. Forget about it. Get in the Word of God. Begin to study the Word of God and begin to realize we are people that are supposed to have endurance, encouragement, and hope. And if you're out in the world today and you're walking around and you don't have this, uh, try and invite somebody to church. They're going to be like, man, that guy is miserable. I don't even want him around me. Why would he invite me to his church? I don't want to go to a church like that. People don't want to go where people are miserable. People want to go somewhere where people are enjoying themselves. They're raising their hands. They're shouting. Sometimes that scares some people. You know, you get that Holy Spirit going. It might scare you a little bit, but let me tell you, when you let it go, God begins to take care of it. You see, it ain't about you or me. When I worship, I don't look at you all. I can care. Well, I do care about you. But when I'm worshiping, I don't care what you think. I'm going to worship God the way God has created me to worship him, and I can finally do that here. Amen. I can finally feel free in a house of worship and worship him the way I want to worship him. To shout amen, to raise my hands, to come to the altar whenever I want to. To do what God directs me to in that time. 
You see, the problem, church, is we have a lot of churches that hinder the Spirit because they're afraid of the moving of the Holy Ghost because they're afraid something might happen and it might scare them. Let me tell you, if you're in a church that the Holy Ghost is moving, you ought to praise the Lord. Because I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit moves, you cannot refuse. You got to let God do it. So now we're back to the second step is we got to humbly accept whatever God says. Man, what did he say? Humbly accept. I tell you, that's, that's a hard one to, be, to begin to humbly accept it. God's word's priceless. Do you know that? Priceless. I think about all the people who messed up. You know, there's all kind of messed up people in the Bible. People think they're all perfect. That's a lie. It's not that way. God's word's priceless, and he gives it to us. James 1.21 says, So get rid of all the filth, the evil in your lives, and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your soul. You see, we got to get rid of some stuff. Now, I don't know about you all, I'm a... I don't know if you call it a gardener or a farmer, but I like to plant a garden. And in the fall or in the spring, when I look out of that garden, I'm like, oh my, it's a mess. I'm going to have to till this garden. I'm going to have to get rid of all them weeds. I'm going to have to get this thing ready. And you know, this is, this is what the Word of God is telling us. We got to clean up. We got to get ourselves ready. If you're not ready... The Word of God can't be planted in you. So when we begin to realize and we begin to get rid of this filth and this evil and we begin to humble ourselves, we begin to realize that now God can do something with us. God can begin to plant something in us. James 1, 22 through 25 says, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I want you to think about that scripture for a little bit. What do you see when you look in the mirror? You see, until we get cleaned up, sin will block our hearing of the word of God. It'll block our hearing. Till we get rid of the filth and we get rid of the evil, it blocks the word of God to us. I'll never forget when I was working on that construction job and there was this Pentecostal preacher that was my partner and he was always talking to me about God. He was always talking to me. And I was trying to ignore him, of course. And, and the sin I was in, I, I, I tried my best to stay away from him, but he was my partner. I had to work with him. But he began to speak that truth, and that truth began to, 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 to resonate. And I began to think about my life, and I was 32 years old, and I said, Man, how come I'm not as happy as he is? I got a good job, I got a beautiful family, but there's something missing. The drugs wasn't doing it, the alcohol wasn't doing it, none of that stuff was doing it, there was something missing. You see, the devil has a way of blocking God if we allow him. And I think without a doubt, some of the people today, they're being blocked. They're, they're, they're being uh, misled 
whatever you want to say, things are happening in our life and they're not giving it to God. God will help us out if we're only faithful. But if you keep looking intently into the perfect law and give freedom that gives freedom, and you continue to do this, not forgetting what you have learned, but doing it, you will be blessed in whatever you do. See, you got you to gotta keep going. You, you got to keep looking in the Word. You got to keep reading the Word. You got to stay after it. It's very important. You got to stay after it. You can't just merely listen to it and let it go. So many people today just listen to it. You got to learn it. You got to learn the Word of God and you got to begin to do it. You're blessed and highly favored. Begin to act like it. Begin to walk in it. You know, when, when we just listen to it, before long, it just goes away. It's a fact that we forget 90 to 95% of everything we hear in about 72 hours. So you need to do a, a lot more than just listen. If it's something that's important, you might want to write it down. If you're reading your Bible and God speaks to you about something, write it down. Put your notepad in the back. Man, I, I just carry papers with me all the time when I'm going places where people are speaking and preaching so I can write down stuff when God speaks to me. We've we got to begin to understand that we, we need to not only listen to it, but we, we need to begin to keep looking at it. We need to keep studying it. got to listen to the word we got to study the bible and we got to make it a habit listen to the word study the bible and make it a habit do you have any habits i'll bet you do i bet you got some good ones and i'll bet you got some bad ones too my habit is when i get up in the morning i stagger to the coffee pot and i hit that button and then I go into the, I, I can recite this to you because I do it every day. I go into the bathroom and I start throwing water on my face saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. About four or five times of that and I put cold water on the back of my neck, I'm ready to go, buddy. I'm fired up and I'm, I'm set. Now, Zach, on the other hand, he's not like that. But I am like that. You know, you, you got habits you don't know you have. Do you know that? If you're sitting at the table and you get a bite of that good food your wife made, and your hand starts towards your mouth, guess what's going to happen? Your mouth's going to open. That's right. I guarantee if you got food on a fork and it starts coming towards your mouth, it's, it's going to open. You ever see a baby, you go give it a bottle? I, even that baby knows. They develop habits. We all develop habits. The question is, are they good habits or are they bad habits? Are we around people who are... Who are Leading us and guiding us and directing us in the right ways? Or are we around people that are leading us down that primrose path? Because I'm going to tell you, boy, this thing here is just doing its own thing today. I'm going to tell you, you need to be careful. But I'm going to get to that in a second. I hate memorizing stuff. I want to challenge you to do this, and I'm going to do this with you. His word first, 
and his word last. H-W-F-W, H-W-L-W. His word first and his word last. For the next seven days, for the next seven days, I want to challenge you to put your Bible somewhere that when you wake up in the morning, not your phone, your Bible, that you'll read his word first. Okay? You read his word first. And then at night, before you go to bed, the very last thing you do is read his word last. For seven days. Can we do that? Ooh, that's weak. <laughs> Can we do that? Somebody say, man, please, I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm going to do this now. I have a problem because I got a very strict schedule. When I get up in the morning, I got to be motoring. But I'm going to do this. And if you only read a verse, you're starting out right. And if you only read a verse at night, you're finishing right. The thing about it is, when we, when we begin to do this, when we begin to study, we begin to have these habits, things begin to happen. You know, when we continue to do them, not forgetting, and then we begin to, to do things in our life. That's so important that we begin to do these things. You see, it's not just reading it, but it's doing it. It's actually applying it to my life and taking it out into the world. You know what? This past week on the job, I found another Christian. I found, we worked with another guy. I didn't know he was a Christian. I heard him talking about him going to church. And I'm like, he goes to church? So when he's out there all alone, I got with him. And I said, man, you go to church? He goes, yeah. I said, well, what is it? Tell me about it. He said, it's full gospel. I said, really? He goes, yeah, you ought to come and join me sometime. I said, two hours away. It's always good when you find somebody, another warrior, amen? I didn't even know it. But you know, that's what God does. When we begin to be intentional, God puts us in a place where we're going to fight battles, where there's going to be wars. And then God begins to bring people in to help you. You see, we're in a battle, church. If you're not anchored in the Word of God, if you're not anchored on that strong foundation, I'm going to tell you, you're going to fall. There's things that are going to happen in your life, so you need to get ready. You need to be studying the Word. You need to be intentional about it. It's very important. Memorize the Word. Now, I don't mean memorize the whole Bible, but I'm going to tell you, the Jewish people, uh, they would memorize the whole Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Anybody ever read that? That'll put you to sleep now. They memorized it. Now, I'm not kidding you. It'll put you to sleep. I had to memorize all. I didn't have to memorize I had to study it in, in seminary. But I'm telling you, what's your favorite verse? Okay, bam, what's your favorite verse? Jesse, what's your favorite verse? What does it say? Amen. One of my favorites, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. I love that song. What about it, Tom? Tim? Amen. You see there? You need these things. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't know what it, which scripture it is, but I know it's word. You see? Philippians 4.13. How many of you know that? Okay, I know all you Bible scholars do. but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, you need to know those things. Some people get them printed on their body so they don't forget. 19. Hey, you're reading it. You're reading it. You're supposed to memorize it. 
Hey, there you go. He was looking, though. He started trying to cheat there for a minute. I caught him, though, you see. I caught him looking down. But, you know, see, this is what it's all about, church. The blessings, the promises, the gifts that God's going to give you because you're the apple of his eye. You're his creation. You're the most important thing. He didn't give words to horses or dogs or birds or cats. He gave it to you, the word of God to us, so that we could do it, that we could live it out and be a part of it every day. Joshua 1.8 says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Is there anybody in here that don't want to be prosperous and successful? You see, I think the problem with the world today, the culture today, is they'll put you in a category and you think you belong there. You know the problem with welfare? Is there's been so many generations raised up in welfare, they don't know they can be prosperous in the Lord. They've never been taken to church. They don't know the Word of God. They don't know that God's got a purpose and a plan for their life, and they don't have to live like that anymore. You know, somebody needs to tell them, you don't have to live like that. My buddy on that construction job, that Pentecostal preacher, told me one day, he said, Doug, Jesus died for your sins. You don't have to live like that anymore. That's why, and then he walked away. Man, I hated him when he did that. He'd quote me scripture, and then he'd walk away. Man, I'd be boiling. I'd want to say something. I didn't have nothing to say. And finally, one day, it got me, man. It, it pierced me to the heart. And I'm standing on the second floor of the Hampton Inns at Bridgeport. And I'm standing on a ladder, and I said, Lord, if you're real, come into my heart and show me. And I promise you, I'll serve you the rest of my life. That was my simple prayer. In that moment, my life changed forever. I became living in Jesus' name. You see, church, the devil will lie to you and lie to you and lie to you and tell you you can't be blessed. The devil will get you to do bad habits and say, don't worry about it. It's okay. God will forgive you. The devil will get you to do other things instead of doing what God wants you to do. You see, when we really get in the Word and we really understand the Word, when we really meditate on it, that means studying it. That means praying about it. That means, you know, Barbara, I love Barbara to death, and she's not here today, Christy. We were talking at the, at the, at the celebration of life. I hate calling them funerals. I, I refuse to call it a funeral for a Christian because it's not a funeral. They don't die. They, don't not, they do not die. They go for eternal life. That's a promise. See? So it's not a funeral. It's a celebration of life. I love the celebration of life. Everybody in that place almost was wearing bright colors. Amen. It was a celebration. We was worshiping God. People raising hands and saying amen. I'm like, are, are we in a, in a funeral home? No, it, it just got trans, transformed into a church for a few minutes. Amen. You see, that's what God does when we begin to truly study the word. When we begin to make it a point every day. Remember what I say? What did I say just a little bit ago I was challenging you all to do? Do you remember? Come on, if you didn't write it down, you know you'll forget it in 72 hours. And after you get out of here, the first thing will be on your mind is eating. I know you. First thing in the morning, 
Last thing at night, amen, brother, you know it. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. I dare you for the next seven days to do it, and I promise you your anxiety will go down. Your, your stress will, will begin to go away. Things that are happening in your life won't be as serious anymore. You'll have more patience, maybe. Things will happen. Things will happen. I don't know why it is. Andy tells me not to point it up there, but every time I point it up there, it works. But I don't know, Andy. Okay, I'm about done here. James said, you got to hear the word, study the word. You got to continue it as a habit, and you got to memorize it. Very important for you. Very important for you. He said, it's kind of like looking in a mirror and walking away from the mirror and not doing anything. Forgetting about it. Let me ask y'all something. Who in here gets up in the morning and walks to the mirror, looks at it, and y'all like, your hair sticking up, and y'all crazy looking, and you just walk away? I'm going to work. There ain't not one of you in here do that, I guarantee you. Now, you might because you ain't got no hair or nothing to fix up. But I like picking on him. I love you if I pick on you. No, but seriously, who does that? You get in that mirror, you do not, Jake. You brush your, well, I don't count. You don't count. You're not normal. <laughs> Only guy I know that can live, work, live and work in his house and make all kind of money. Who does? How can you do that? I want to get with you later. Anyway, I'm serious. Man, when I got up this morning, man, I'm priming and I comb my hair this way or that way. How can I cover that bald spot? It's hard to cover. I've got, I've got a lot of hair anymore. Amen. I was shaving, can you tell? I shaved everything. Brushed my teeth. Yeah. I put this shirt on and it goes bam. And I'm like, whoa, look at that. Oh, Ronald, he knew what was going on. All this time he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and we're like, man, this guy's a little crazy right here. But he knew what was going on. You know how comfortable this shirt is? I don't even feel like I got it on. Kim says, you don't look like you have it on either. It's so big for you. But that's all right. It makes me feel good. When I looked in the mirror, I said, now, how can you not like that? How can you not like that? I remember when we were talking with Don Johnson. Remember Don Johnson? Miami Vice. And he wore all them cool Florida clothes, man. Everybody was wearing them clothes during my, yeah, I know some of you kids are looking around like, what's he talking about? It was a real cool show, and the guy drove a, drove a barracuda, topless. But, you know, what I'm trying to get you to understand here, church, is if you really want to be blessed, you got to work on it. You see what I'm saying? You can't, you can't just say, preacher, give it to me and let me eat on it a while and then go out the door and say, well, I'll see you next Sunday. It ain't going to work that way, church. You really want to be blessed? You want to be prosperous? You want to be successful? Get in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Begin to study the Word of God. And you'll realize that God has a special plan for you. So the last thing is just do it. Just do it. Who was it that made up that just do it? Was that Michael Jordan? I forget. Somebody. Nike. I bet Michael Jordan had a hand in that. But anyway, they made millions of dollars on that. Just do it. Do it. Do it and continue to do it. Don't let the devil lie to you. 
and you will prosper and be blessed and be successful. The storms in your life today, what are the storms that you're struggling with? And I know every one of us are in storms. But I'm here to tell you, when we're anchored on the Word of God, we don't have to worry about the storms. They're going to be taken care of. But if we're not anchored on the Word of God, everything begins to collapse around us. I can't help but think about the flood down there, you know. It showed a picture of a church. And all that was left was a roof. Water was all the way to the roof. All these people got flooded out and everything. It's like, man, the storms of life. That's the way the storms of life do. You don't know when they're coming, but they're coming. And God's testing us. Because God needs warriors out there, church. God don't need people who, who don't have a strong foundation, who don't know the Word of God, who are not able to do what God's calling them to do. When you look in that mirror, smile and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. I say that every day, John. Every day I pray that prayer. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. I tell myself that every day because you need to hear it. So, as we get ready to close, I'm on... I'm going to read that first scripture again. And I want to ask you where you're at. Everyone who pays attention to my word, puts it into practice, is like a wise person who built his house on a solid foundation, on a rock, solid rock foundation. And then the storms arose and the rain poured down and the floodwaters rose and the storm winds beat hard against it that the house, yet it did not collapse. Nothing moved. It because it was anchored to the rock. But everybody who hears my word and does not practice it, does not put it to practice, is like a foolish person who built his house on sand. And when the storms hit it and the rain poured down and the floodwaters rose and the wind blew against the house, it completely collapsed with a huge crash. Church, sometimes in our lives, we got to have a storm like this to get us to pay attention. But once you go through that storm, know that God can bless you. John, you have a song. We got one up there. You got a song up there. As we get ready to close, I just want you to think about where's your foundation built today? As we come to the altar and pray, if you want to come to the altar and pray, maybe you haven't been studying your Bible. Maybe you haven't even been reading. Maybe you don't have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, let me buy you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you come to me and tell me, and I'll buy you a Bible. This is the most precious, priceless, important gift you'll ever get. You can get the nicest car in the world, and it'll rust, and it'll fall apart. You can get all kinds of gifts that before long they won't be worth nothing. But I'm here to tell you, this one is priceless, and the more you read it and the more you study it, the more you'll prosper and be blessed. Amen. Would you come and pray today? I have journeyed Through the long dark night Out on the open sea My faith, Lord, sight unknown, and 
it in our lives of studying your word and applying the word and then going out and doing the word, we would be able to change the world. And so, Lord, that's my prayer today. Lord, if there's somebody in here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, maybe today would be that day they'd just say that simple prayer. Lord, forgive me. Come into my heart. All we have to do is confess our sins and we're clean. Lord, I thank you for that today. Lord, I pray all those out there in Facebook land, Lord, that you might touch their hearts, that you might let them know that your presence is with them too. And Lord, we're going to give you a praise and glory that you're going to beat this pandemic. It's going to be over. We claim it in Jesus' name. We claim protection of all of our people, dear God. You know who they are. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do and how you're going to use this storm to make us stronger. We thank you, Lord, that that anchor holds because of you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, Tori, did you design this hat? Who was in the group effort? 